Welcome to Election Profit Makers, your guide to winning and sadly sometimes losing money on current outcomes and political events. Or should I say, political outcomes and current events. Anyway, you slice it, it's one tasty piece of podcast pie. Cherries and whipped cream covering your body as we lick and slurp. <laughs> no. Anyway, my name is David. I'm here with John. Hey. <laughs> hey. It was it was about to spiral um, into the realm of the erotic, and we've agreed that we want to have one of the least erotic political podcasts on the market. We did a lot of market research about um, the sexiest political podcasts and the most erotic political podcasts, and then we realized that we are just not, we cannot cut the mustard, the sex mustard, when it comes to making sexy podcasts. So we offer instead not a celebration of the human body and all its manifold pleasures and delights, but rather a sober-minded analysis of the news of the day, analyzing trends with an eye towards the future while always honoring the past. The distant past, that is. Did you hear the Tyrannosaurus Rex and the Brontosaurus are running for, running in an election for king of the dinosaurs? <laughs> Who will the Stegosaurus voting block decide to get behind? I guess we'll never know until the pterodactyls come in, flying in mm-hmm. with their weird heads. That's it for me. Goodbye, everybody. Okay. I think it's an Apsosaurus now. It's not a Brontosaurus. Yeah, they changed all the, they changed all the dinosaur names since we yeah. were um, children. I know. Is Tyrannosaurus Rex still called Tyrannosaurus Rex, or did they change that too? No, he's still called that. But there was something they realized about the Tyrannosaurus Rex, I think, that was also revisionist. Yeah, feathers. Is that what it was? It was something crazy like that, right? Something like, like Tyrannosaurus that, I think. Rex is a huge bird? No, um, no, no. Not a bird, but did it have feathers? I feel like that's true. I feel like a lot of them have feathers now. Yeah, I think most dinosaurs actually had feathers. Did that asteroid have feathers? Because were they gaining when that <laughs> asteroid paid him a visit? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean. That would have been scary. Yeah. I bet they were scared. Hmm. I'm not sure scared is the right word. Can I guess an, can animals be scared? Oh, yeah. They can? Yeah, they get okay. scared. Okay. Dinosaurs, though? Weren't dinosaurs dumber than most animals? Mm. Or were some of them really smart? Like crows are really smart, you know? Mm-hmm. You know how crows are so smart sometimes if they form a bond with a human, they'll like leave little gifts for the human. Like they'll leave like bottle caps and like twigs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you think dinosaurs did that think... with the humans that were on Earth? No, no, not with the humans, obviously. Dinosaurs and humans never overlapped. But no, do you think dinosaurs... Some people say they did. Yeah, but I think those people are are, are wrong. But do you think there were any dinosaurs that were so smart they had crow levels of intelligence, like they could leave a gift or not necessarily tool use? If a dinosaur could use a tool, that would be mind-blowing. Imagine you walk around a corner, you just you hop out of your time machine, you walk around a corner, and you see like a Tyrannosaurus Rex hitting something with a stick. Yeah. That would be a Making an arrowhead. Projectile point. Or, yeah. or, well, anything that a monkey can do. You know how chimpanzees are really smart and they can make tools and... Mm-hmm. Anyway. Something to think about. Something to think about with your little pea brain, you big old brontosaurus. Anyway, it's Selection Profit Makers, and we talk about all kinds of stuff, but usually we focus on politics. And John, I have to say, it was a kind of a big week for politics this past week. We're recording this on a Monday. Trump was, um, uh, good old Trump, he was indicted again. 
Uh, but there was also a lot of interesting North Carolina news. North Carolina was in the news a lot last week. Yeah. So where do, where should we start? I mean, we've already discussed dinosaurs and tool use. Where do we go from there? The indictment, I guess? Yeah, I think we should probably start with the indictment. He's the first uh, president, U.S. president, former U.S. president to be federally indicted. That's a pretty big deal. And the indictment out of uh, New York, you know, was a little questionable at times. You know, this 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 seems pretty clear cut. This seems like a big deal. This indictment. The New York indictment was the one about E. Jean Carroll, right? Right. This this indictment was um, well, it was 37, 37 felony counts that he <laughs> that he and his his body man um, were his charged valet, with. His poor valet. It's pretty shocking stuff, actually. I mean, I was pretty excited just to read about it, but. No, it's shocking stuff. What 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 were some of the things that shocked you about this indictment? Um, Lay it on me, John. The, the fact that he is caught on um, audio, just bragging and saying, "Yes, I have these documents, and uh, I know that I'm not supposed to have them, and I know they're the top <laughs> secret, and I know that I could have made them not classified, but I didn't, and." Um, I know you guys don't have clearance, but would you like to see them? I mean... The best quote was, this one is top secret, highly confidential. Look at it. I mean, what is... Yeah. This is North Carolina Connection number one. The people he was talking to on these recordings were, the were I guess, the ghostwriters, or we can say research assistants, right. for the memoir of one Mark Meadows, Trump's former chief of staff, Former North Carolina Representative Mark Meadows. Right. He just sat down with them and he's using some of these documents to settle political scores, to make a point. And that's what did we all learn in elementary school? The importance of primary sources. So good for him. He didn't go to Wikipedia to make his point. He went to the original primary sources. Intelligence assessments of attacking Iran or whatever. It is. Yeah, I mean, it's actually pretty powerful. You see why he would want. He, he's just oh like, oh my god! If someone shows me a document that says top secret, authorized clearance for nobody's eyes only, or something, I would believe whatever they were arguing. Yeah. So he's got General Mark Miley's plan for attacking this country, and he's like, oh, hey, look, I just found this. Isn't this amazing? It was here, Bob. It was here. He's like, except it's highly confidential, secret. Look at it. This is secret information. Look, look at this. That's, those are all direct quotes right there. The thing I was thinking about when I was reading this transcript and imagining how gleeful and happy and excited he must have been to share this kind of like um, naughty – these naughty documents that he's not supposed to have. Do you know what I mean? That he's not supposed to share. It right. totally – you know, John, you'll remember that back in seventh grade, Aaron and Carlos and I ran a highly successful um, pornography ring yes. where we would steal dirty magazines and then sell the um, – intel contained therein to classmates. This is before I knew David. Yeah, I guess this is before I came under your godly influence and turned my mm -hmm. life around. But and 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 our trade was theft and pornography and um, business was good. And there is there is the same kind like I feel like Trump was treating these documents the way we would treat like issues of like Hustler magazine. Like he's not they're, – they're really charged. And to get to – let's bring it back to the erotic. There, I am sure there was a sort of almost erotic charge for him because I think his notion of, of um, sexual desire is completely intertwined with the forbidden 
and the um, and transgressing right. transgressing boundaries and transgressing norms. And I think this must have had exactly the same thrill. Am I saying that President Trump literally went into the Mar-a-Lago bathroom and jacked off on these documents? No, I'm not saying that. That's for Jack Smith to determine hmm. through his investigation. But I am saying that I think there was probably something extremely exciting and arousing for him to say, oh, look, I'm not supposed to have this naughty document. It's top secret. Look at this. Look at this document. Look at it. Look at it. Because that's how we were with these magazines. Yes. It's like, look what we have. Look at these photos. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Look at all these. Look at this. We're not supposed to have this. We're in seventh grade. Yeah. I'm not supposed to have this. Taboo. And we would hi- I mean, now, we, we didn't hide them in our bathrooms, but we hid them in like our sock drawers and stuff like that. So reading about Trump having people move these boxes of documents around and like, let's get them out, move them from the storage room to the bathroom. It's like, these are just dirty magazines. This is what we did with dirty. I'm surprised he didn't bury them in the woods, you know? So yeah. So could dig them up later. Unbelievable. And these are like real serious documents, it sounds like. Yeah, it sounds like. Um, and yeah, these are the ones that they were willing to put in the indictment, you know, some some of the national security experts have said that there's probably documents in there that they're not going to discuss because they were they're so hot they're so sexy it's too too hot so so for, hot for as bad as it looks it's it's probably probably worse i mean he literally stole dirty documents and and brought them home that's I, that's exactly what we did in 7th grade i know exactly how he feels he feels it, he must have felt so powerful and invincible cuz that's how we felt until we got in trouble because rather like uh, these people who made these recordings, you know, somebody flipped on us. I'm not going to say who, but Carlos sold somebody a pack of Marlboro Reds, and then that kid got caught smoking cigarettes in the bathroom, and the teachers asked him where he got the cigarettes, and mm. the kid said he got them from Carlos, and then Carlos got in trouble, and then I think either Carlos flipped on Aaron and me, or maybe Carlos's mom put two and two together that we were hanging out all the time on Franklin Street, and she realized these guys were probably involved in the theft of illicit materials. Hot docs, as we say. So did you have to give them all back? Yeah. We had to re- We escaped indictment, but it was settled out of court, so to speak. Okay. But we gave them all back. And, uh, you know, unlike Trump, I mean, the thing that Trump did that, was, that is so crazy is like he could have like none of this had to happen. There were so many off ramps. There were so they gave him every opportunity. And the documents the that he did give back, oh he was God. not charged for having just like just like Mike Pence and just like Joe Biden, who also ended up finding classified documents, they gave them back. They were not charged. Trump gave back his documents. He was not charged for those. And then he decided he wanted to keep hundreds and hundreds of others. This guy is just addicted to these hot docs. Yeah, it's uh, willful retention of national defense information. They treated him with such baby gloves, kid gloves. Are they kid gloves or baby gloves? Kid gloves. Most people get treated with kid gloves. He got treated with baby gloves. Yeah. They gave him like, what, two fetus years gloves. they were asking. What's that? Fetus gloves. Oh, my God. They treated him like with such fetus gloves when it came to these hot docs. Yeah. For years, they were like, please, could you just return them? Yeah, he was returning all the docs. He was like lying and stuff. But they were bending over backwards for a reason. Yeah, nobody, they didn't want to fucking come at this guy with an Yeah, indictment. because look at this. No this one wants this. This is yeah. a total no. disaster, what's happening now. Of course, they were going to do everything and just say, we'll come get them. No problem. I mean, everything to avoid this. And he was just like, nah, nah, we're going to have to do this. 
Imagine if Rite Aid had been like that with us with these dirty magazines. Hey, guys, it's totally cool that you stole these magazines. We'll just come by and get them. And we were like, no, fuck you. And then we told our valets, go hide these magazines. Tell them, tell them we, yeah. we can't find them and you don't know where the magazines are. Oh, this fucking valet. Oh, my God, this dude. His Diet Coke fetcher. Yeah. This is like this is like um, nightmare version of uh, Worcester and Jeeves. I can't believe a valet is going down. I mean, you. Yeah, don't lie to the, don't lie to the feds, don't lie to the FBI. Well, don't talk to them, but if but but if you do, don't lie, don't lie. So what's going to happen, Johnny? Uh, he's going to go to jail. Whoa. Yeah. I honestly was not expecting you to say that. Is yeah. that really what you think is going to happen? Well, I guess I guess I guess, a, I guess a number of things have to happen first. He has to get convicted. Uh, he has to. Uh, Eileen Cannon has been assigned his case down uh, in the Southern District in uh, Florida. That's the judge who who wrote the amazing article about the power of flamenco. Remember? Right. That was like one of her few published articles. Yeah, I mean, if it goes to trial, uh, I I just don't I I don't see how a jury. I guess if Eileen Cannon can can dismiss the entire thing and it doesn't go to trial, then he gets out of this particular indictment. Uh, but if this goes to trial, I don't see how he is going to to be able to to win. It's just so cut and dry. The photos are pretty bad in and of themselves. Documents just spilled out everywhere, all over the floor. Document piles and piles of boxes in the bathroom. It's pretty funky stuff. Yeah, no, this is the first time that I, I realized, oh, he really is going to go to jail. Hmm. Yeah, I, I really, I really think that that's a, 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 a real, real possibility. Especially because didn't he like increase the penalties for having classified information as a way to like troll Hillary Clinton? Yeah, I mean, yeah, everything in here he did, completely did to himself, and it's not over. We st- he's still going to get indicted on January sixth. He's still going to get get indicted in Georgia, and uh, then he's going to win reelection. He's going to win, and he's going to <laughs> go back. I know. And then it's going to get crazy. Yeah. Then Biden's going to be in prison forever. Uh, today, he has said he's threatening, I will appoint a real special prosecutor to go after the most corrupt president in the history of the USA, Joe Biden, in case you didn't know who that was, the entire mm-hmm. Biden crime family and all other involved with the destruction of our elections, borders and country itself. Carrie hmm. Lake is saying, if you want to get to President Trump, you're going to have to go through me and you're going to have to go through 75 million Americans just like me. She said this as she was talking to the NRA. So I don't think there are 75 million Americans who are just like Carrie Lake. I think there's 75 million Americans that are armed. Oh, okay. I think that's what she's saying. I mean, the the violence is in the air now. Mm-hmm. And I guess they were worried about violence when this was all going on in New York as well. And it didn't turn out that anything happened. But Miami feels like a little bit different. Right. Because he's turning himself in tomorrow in Miami, right? And yeah. people are expecting some troublemakers to show up and cause a kerfuffle. Yep. Proud Boys are, are going to put together some sort of um, demonstration there. Oh, man. Enough. Sometimes I just look at the news and I shake my head and I say, enough with the bullshit already. Would that be a cool bumper sticker? That would be. Mm-hmm. If you saw a bumper sticker that said enough with the bullshit already, you'd be like, that's somebody's stepdad from the 1980s. That's such a 1980s stepdad bumper sticker. 
enough with the bullshit, and then already would be underlined. So you'd read it like, enough with the bullshit already. It would just be a little bit off with the funky font. Oh, I can see that bumper sticker. I can see it in my mind. Yeah. Or a t-shirt. Put that on a t-shirt. Mm. Mm-hmm. Enough with the bullshit already. Um, the thing I wanted to say about Donald Trump is what a fucking maniac this guy is. <laughs> right? When you think about it. I mean, give it a thought. You have Sometimes you have to take a breather and get some perspective. And then you look at him and you're like, this is nuts. This guy's a total maniac. There'll never be another like him. There'll never be. He's one of a kind. All these people saying, yeah, we screwed up by pardoning by Ford pardoning Nixon, and, and if, if, he, if he hadn't done that, then Trump wouldn't have done it. Yeah, Trump is going to do all this no matter what. Trump doesn't know who Ford and Nixon are. That's not going to make a difference. I think he knows who Nixon is. Yeah, he does probably because he Roger Stone, because Roger Stone has yeah. Nixon tattooed on his back. But I think Trump does stuff in order to get in trouble. Like if it wasn't this, it would be something else, you know? Yeah, so is this going to go to trial before the election? No, this is not going to go to trial for 30 years. All he does is delay, delay, delay. Okay. This is, there's no way this goes to trial. And Trump says no matter what, he's not dropping out. Good. Good. And, uh, yeah, there will be retribution once he is reelected. So here we are. Was there any movement on predicted? None. Well, there was slight movement. I, of course, I got excited on indictment day that I could ride the waves and finally unload all these Trump no shares. On June 5th, it was trading at 58 cents. By June 9th, it was down to 49 cents, but now it's back up to 52 cents. So I did not make the most of these slight, slight dips. And even if I had, they wouldn't have been enough to offset my catastrophic losses in shorting Donald Trump to be the 2024 GOP nominee. Although now I am considering, I am considering buying Trump no in the presidential election winner market as well. That's a market I'm not in. I'm just in him being the nominee. But when it comes to who will win the presidential election, there we do see more. Trump is not faring as well. It's Biden 46, Trump 29. So I could buy no at 72. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to buy 200 shares of no at 72 cents. Why not? Doing it live, John, just the way you like it. Let's see yeah. what happens. And I'm in. There we go. So I'm thinking about putting my money back in now. Yeah. Why? Here we go. Why? So we have something to talk about on our podcast? We're we talking about your money. My money's not as exciting as your money, and everybody knows that. Okay. I also bought 400 shares. Wait, what? I bought 400 shares, yes, and Tim Scott being the GOP. Oh, right. I know what my logic was here. Trump gets arrested or has a heart attack and he it can't be the nominee. And then nobody likes Ron DeSantis because Ron DeSantis is a fucking man. He's a he's a he's a awful person and a and a wannabe fascist. But but he is also completely devoid of human uh, of humanity. Mm -hmm. And people can pick up on that. And that leaves Tim Scott. So I bought 400 shares. Tim Scott. Yes. At nine cents. That's also underwater. Golly, guys, can I get a break? Can I get can somebody cut me a break? I'll say something about the Trump document stuff. This is kind of a hot take. Maybe it's good that he stole a bunch of classified information and is probably leaving it around everywhere willy-nilly for a bunch of spies to be able to have access to because that might actually reduce the risk of some kind of global conflict, right? Remember how Ed Schofield in his letters to Ronald Reagan at one point was like, we shouldn't have espionage because that implies a lack of trust. 
Instead, we should share all the world's information so that everyone can get along. Maybe that could be an unexpected good I mean, this is certainly not why Trump did it. Trump didn't Trump didn't steal these documents and leave them vulnerable to espionage so that he could make the world a more trusting and cooperative place. Obviously not. But is it possible that that could actually be the outcome? No. Oh, all right. You think it would be good? It would be good for the Chinese to have like the location of all of our. Yeah, because the China's not going to start a war with us. China doesn't want to fight us, you know. They're not going to have a – so let them have it. If that reduces – if that makes us think that we can't afford to then antagonize China, like, I don't know. This is a half-baked idea that I've given no thought to. I'm just throwing it out there. Do you think some of that stuff did end up falling? I mean, it was like sitting on the – Of course it did. Really? Weren't there Chinese spies in Mar-a-Lago? Like, didn't people get arrested, like foreign nationals for creeping around Mar-a-Lago? They wouldn't have known that those boxes, like if I'm in Mar-a-Lago and I walk into the bathroom and there's all these boxes stacked up in the shower, I'm not going through those boxes because I know that there's no nuclear secrets in those boxes because that's not (laughs) where you- You assume there's no nuclear secrets in those boxes. Yes. Right. But if you hang out with Trump's valet, you're fetching a Diet Coke for your guy and he's fetching a Diet Coke for his guy. And, and you're like, how's it going today? And he's like, oh, my God, Mr. Trump's got me moving these boxes every which way. It's I think the FBI wants them back or something. I don't know. I don't ask any questions. I just move the boxes all around Mar-a-Lago. You go back to your guy and you're like, hey, man, I think there's some interesting boxes on this property and we might want to look into them. And he's like, good work, John. Uh, that's very good work. Let's go take a look at these boxes. And then you go look at all the boxes. All right. I'm telling you, man, these boxes, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's too much. It's yeah. too much. That was a nice bathroom he had. With the chandelier right mm-hmm. over the toilet? Yeah. And then then there was a shower and the shower curtain was closed, but you could still see a box that's above the shower curtain. That shower yeah. was filled with boxes. Yeah. That guy has more boxes than I do. And I was getting so self-conscious last night about all the stuff I have in storage and how many boxes and documents I have. I don't have shit compared to him. Yeah, it was kind of triggering seeing all that stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It can be hard to deal with um, the ephemera of life. But those were his documents. What? They belonged to him. They were his personal records. I hope he gets arrested and I hope he gets thrown in jail and I said it and I'm not going to apologize. How about that? All right. Did you want to talk about Cornell West? Oh, is that the end of that segment? No, no. That's not the end of that segment. You know, it's a shame that Predict It no longer has new markets because Cornell West has entered the um, presidential... (laughs) Ron DeSantis declared his candidacy on, um, on Twitter spaces. And Cornell West was like, I think I can do something even lamer than that. And he declared his he declared his candidacy on Russell Brand's podcast. Do you know who Russell Brand is? The British Yeah. yeah. He's what we call a British weirdo comedian. And um Is he Cornel a comedian? West was like, I thought he was an actor. I think he's a comedian. well, he's he's just a entertainer, I guess you could say. Okay. We could just say he's a British entertainer. And if there's a Russell in your hedgerow, don't be alarmed now. That's just Russell Brand. Cornell West was like really laying on thick with Russell Brand. And then he said he's going to run for president on a, on a third party, John. And the third party is called the um, 
Freedom Fellows or something. I don't know what this party is. I'd never heard of it, but it's a new it's a it's a new party. And Cornell West, brother West, is going to do a great job. I think he got too old, and his I think his brain broke a little bit too. You know what I mean? Yeah, you think? I think there's a lot of broken brains out there. Yeah, I do. So anyway, that's the update on Cornell West. You know, once, John, I was in Harvard Square. This was years ago when I lived in Boston in the 90s. And Race Matters had just come out. That was a big book by Cornell West. And one time I went to the newsstand that used to be in the heart of um, Harvard Square. They had a lot of magazines. You could look at magazines there. And I can't remember what that newsstand was called, but it was really famous. And then one time I remember that Cornell West and a friend of his came into the newsstand. It was like Friday evening. I think it was the autumn because it was already dark and it was probably like 5 or 5.30. And he was smoking a cigar and looking at magazines. I always remember that. I was like, God, look at that. That's Cornell West. He's so famous. He has a best-selling book. And he teaches at Harvard. He taught at Harvard at the time. Mm -hmm. And he was smoking a little cigar and he was looking at magazines. And I wish I could say he was looking at dirty magazines to tie this all back together with dirty magazines. Right. I wish I could say that he went straight to the Hustler stand and started looking at Hustler magazines, the dirtiest magazine from the 90s. But um, no, he was just like talking to his friend. That's a little – is that an interesting story? That is an interesting story. Yes. Once I saw Thomas Nagel. At a lecture, yeah, and not Thomas Nagel, Robert Nozick. I get those guys can get those okay. guys confused. Thomas Nagel wrote "What Is It Like to Be a Bat," and and Robert Nozick wrote "Anarchy, State, and Utopia." He was a libertarian. He's very glamorous. He had a beautiful head of hair, and he was wearing like a white blazer. He looked like he looked like someone from Miami Vice. He looked like if Michael Mann had designed the Harvard Philosophy Department in like 1983. Anyway, so I saw him too. I don't know how I recognized him, but I where did you see him? Um, at a Harvard uh, philosophy lecture. They used to have like Friday night philosophy lectures that were open to the public. Is that interesting? Did you partic- You participated in a lot of these? Well, I didn't lecture at them, but sometimes I would go and, and, and speak. I didn't understand. Would you ask what? any questions? Fuck no, I didn't understand what the fuck they were saying. It was so above my pay grade. All right. But I just liked the vibe. It was all about the vibes. You know, it was a mood, as they say. Yeah. And I think actually once I did see Thomas Nagel speak, I think I did. But the thing I really remember was seeing Robert Nozick and being like, ooh, bad boy, libertarian, glamorous philosopher. Maybe there is something to this libertarian philosopher philosophy because he does look a lot sexier than um, John Rawls. Ding dong. That's a philosophy joke. Not really a joke so much as an observation. Oh, my God. I could not sleep last night. Yeah. I'm really feeling really weird. But let's just have fun on our podcast, okay? Okay. Ted Kaczynski died. <laughs> Ted Kaczynski died in North Carolina. Yeah. And Trump was in North Carolina giving a speech. It all There's always a North Carolina connection. That's right. There's always a North Carolina connection. Yeah. Trump was in Greensboro. He gave the, probably one of the most low energy speeches I've ever seen from him. And then Kaczynski died at Butner Prison Camp, very famous prison camp in North Carolina, north of Durham. Bernie Madoff is there. And... Uh, R. Kelly. Is R. Kelly at Butner? R. Kelly is there, yeah. Wow. A rogues gallery. Did, yeah. did Trump mention Kaczynski? I was hoping he would. <laughs> <laughs> I can, In my mind, I can hear it so clearly. Dude, like, Ted, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. Uh, you remember the Unabomber? <laughs> old Ted living in a cabin in the woods. He lived in the woods. Old Ted lived in a shack in the woods. Not like me. I live in a grand palace. With boxes of documents by my toity, where I go pee-pee and poo-poo. 
But not old Ted. He lived in the woods in the shack. You wouldn't want to get a letter from Ted. <laughs> you wouldn't want to get a letter from Ted. No, no. If you open the envelope, you might have a nasty surprise from Ted. <laughs> Boom. Oh. Yeah. So he died. Yeah. The GOP censored uh, North Carolina Senator Tom Tillis. Did you understand this, John? The North Carolina Republicans censored a North Carolina Senator Tom Tillis. Yeah. Censured. Censured. To express their dissatisfaction with his recent efforts to broker bipartisan deals in the Senate on issues like gun safety, immigration, and gay marriage. That is not what they are looking for. They are not looking to compromise with the groomers and Satanists of the Democratic Party. No, and Tillis is looking to try to get reelected. What was the name of the former Democratic state representative who quit the Democratic Party because she said they didn't they didn't allow for dissent within the party? Trisha Cotham. Yeah, and now she's with the Republicans? Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. It is interesting. Many things have attracted my interest over the past lifetime. <laughs> uh, in some breaking news today... Senate leader Phil Berger announced that lawmakers will be introducing a bill to reform the North Carolina State Board of Elections. In 2018, voters rejected an amendment that would have given the North Carolina General Assembly control of the State Board of Elections. Uh, It was overwhelmingly rejected, 62%. Now the North Carolina General Assembly is proposing another power grab. So it's been tried in 2016 and 2017 before, but it was struck down by the state Supreme Court. And that obviously is not going to happen now uh, that the conservatives are in control. Do you think the conversations in the back rooms are actually explicit where they say, we will never be able to retain control unless we undermine democracy? Like, do you think they ever say that out loud? Or do you think it's all subtext and they just keep introducing these bills and say, yeah, that sounds like a good bill. Let's do that. I don't know. I don't know. But they, I mean, either way, they know. They absolutely right. know. Everybody, everybody in the Republican Party knows, right? Yeah. Pretty depressing stuff. Yeah, pretty depressing stuff. Not sexy. You know, it's a good thing this isn't supposed to be an erotic podcast because this stuff is not really sexy. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Do we have anything that's not bummer wise? Well, Silvio Berlusconi died. Yeah, that's good. I can't believe I didn't get a push. I was sure that would be push alert worthy. But I did not get a push alert about that. Huh. Berlusconi was like a real scumbag. He was like, you know, he predated Trump, but they had so much in common. He was one of my least favorites, and he died. So I'll look forward to uh, catching up with him in hell when I die and go to hell to find Silvio Berlusconi. Mm Mm-hmm. This episode of Election Profit Makers is brought to you by Nathan D. Paletta a game designer, independent publisher, and graphic artist. He makes tabletop role-playing games, John. This is the kind of game where you and your friends hang out, roll dice, and make up stuff. His most popular game is the Worldwide Wrestling RPG, where you create unique wrestlers and play out your favorite pro wrestling (laughs) storylines. Other games include the historical gothic horror game Imp of the Perverse. I like it. The two-player Columbo simulator called One More Thing. Listen to these games. These are great names. I just want to say, for the record, great names. These are good names. Yeah. Yeah. Masks of the Mummy Kings. The fantasy adventure tomb robbing game called Masks of the Mummy Kings and many more. Nathan also makes zines 
covering subjects from John Cena to the creative process and co-hosts a long-running podcast about the Rockford Files. Oh, my God, this dude is hitting on all cylinders. A podcast about the Rockford Files called 200 a Day. You can check out Nathan's work at ndpdesign.com. That's NDP as in Nathan DiPaletta. EPM listeners can use a special discount code, the numbers, to get 20% off any purchase from Nathan's online store. That's the numbers, all one word, all caps for emphasis. You get 20% off any purchase from Nathan's online store. A freaking two-player Columbo simulator. Can you imagine? Yeah, one more thing. I mean, this is the stuff. Imp of the perverse. This dude, yeah, wow. That got me amped. We've got something here about you having an amazing coincidence of an LP. Oh my gosh, listen to this. You want to have some fun? You want to hear a fun topic on your favorite podcast? Check this out, guys. Remember months ago when I found this crazy album and it had a song about E.T. on it? Where the kids would say, E.T., where are you? Welcome to Jamaica, E.T. And then E.T. went on to win the Super Bowl for the L.A. Raiders. Remember that? I, I do. So I, you know, I'm always interested, I guess, in E.T. ephemera. And I found a record the other day. I, I didn't buy it because it was $8, but... This is this this record felt like a like um custom made for election profit makers. The album was by a rock band, but the first song on the album was the theme to ET. The John Williams instrumental soundtrack for ET. The name of the band, here's where the coincidence is. John, what is the record label that we talk about more than any other record label on election profit makers? SST. The name of the band was SST. Hmm. And the first song on the album was the theme to E.T. I mean, what are the odds of that? That's a good coincidence, right? Yeah, I don't know if it's a coincidence. Well, what would you call it then? Synchronicity? Is that what synchronicity is? Is that what Carl Jung talks about? Isn't a coincidence like when you were like, I was just talking about SST and then here I'm looking at this album and... Well, that's what I was... My my experience of it was, what am I always doing? I'm always thinking about crazy songs about E.T. And what else am I doing? I'm always thinking about all the crazy bands on SST Records. And then I'm flipping through this bin and I find an album by a band called SST and the first song is the theme to E.T. I think that's a coincidence. Listeners, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, you're probably... That's a pretty good coincidence. I think you're right. Carl Jung, okay? I think synchronicity. That's... that. There's something there. I know there's something there. Synchronicity. I don't know what synchronicity is, but I think it's about... I think um, it's an album. Yeah, well, there's that, but I think it's um, about co- some psychological form of coincidences, synchronicity. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's Carl Jung for you. Think about that. Martin Buber, I and Thou. Yeah, now we're riffing. Now oh. it's getting sexy. <laughs> yeah. Now we're riffing. Okay. Remember I and Thou? Yeah. 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 Bad Brains, I Against I. Uh-huh. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Bad Brains. Yep, SST Records. Oh. Lightning bolt hitting the U.S. Capitol. Remember mm-hmm. that? Jan 6, a lightning bolt of freedom lovers hit the U.S. Capitol mm, on January like 6th. Jan 6. Yep. Don't like lightning. Oh, yeah, you're really scared of getting hit by lightning, right? Mm. Your odds are 1 in 19,000 over a lifetime. I hope that never happens to you. 1 in 10 people that are struck by lightning die. Right. It's not good. Do you think anyone who listens to this podcast has been struck by lightning? I don't think yes. 19,000 people listen. To yep. It. Whoa. Really? Yep. Oh. I right. bet somebody who listens to this podcast has been struck by lightning. 
Do you think anyone who listens to this podcast was involved in making the movie E.T. back in the 80s? Probably not. No. Because our listeners no. are not too young. Not that our old. listeners are young. Too young. Yep. Yep. Unless Drew Barrymore. Oh, my gosh. What if we find out that Drew Barrymore listens to our podcast? Yeah. You want to hear something really interesting about E.T.? I don't think we've ever talked about this on the podcast before. So I used, I used to watch a lot of movies by this Indian director named Satyajit Ray. He made my favorite movie ever, Padar Panchali. It was his first movie. It came out in the 50s. He's the, he's the grandfather of modern Indian cinema. So years ago, at the height of my Satyajit Ray obsession, I read a biography of him. He died many, many years ago. And the author of this biography says that Steven Spielberg stole the idea for E.T. from Satyajit Ray, that Satyajit Ray had been developing a screenplay about a little boy who befriends an alien. And somehow Steven Spielberg found out about that idea and was captivated by it and made E.T. Do you think that could really be true that, 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 Steven, Spielberg, that Steven Spielberg stole the idea for E.T. from Satyajit Ray? Because they even had in the biography, I remember, they even had sketches that I think Ray had made of the alien, you know? And did it look like E.T.? I can't remember. I read this book a long time ago. Something to think about, though. And I think Ray himself accused Spielberg of stealing the idea. This is very murky in my memory, so take that with a grain of salt. But yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. So there you go. E.T., the extraterrestrial. I mean, he was extra. (laughs) 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 Uh, We got this fucking UFO shit. It's all a bunch of bullshit. And then we got these dinosaurs. No No one knows where they are. Yeah, but I read read about the UFO stuff. Yeah, now that I did a little more research about that UFO stuff. It's definitely true. It's definitely true. Now that you're reading more about it. Yeah. So this one guy went into the UFO mm-hmm. and it was actually bigger on the inside than it was on the outside and it caused him to you know experience They stole that di- from Arrival. Did you ever see the movie Arrival? Yeah. Yeah. They stole that from that movie. There's no fucking the government doesn't have a UFO somewhere. It's just art imitating life and I read it in the Daily Mail. Go through the Mar-a-Lago bathroom, go through all those boxes and see if there's any UFO shit. Because if there were UFOs, you think Trump wouldn't be holding on to those documents and showing them off to everyone who came and ate at his golf club? That'd be the first document he'd show off. Maybe you're right. Oh, yeah. Trump Trump would definitely be able to keep his mouth closed if there were fucking yeah. documents about aliens. No, that, Come that, on. That, that, yeah. As I've said before, that's that proves that there's no... Yeah. He would be he would be reaching out to the aliens to like get a casino built on Pluto or whatever. You know what I mean? Hey, you know uh, DeSantis? Yeah, Ron DeSantis. Yeah, he was in North Carolina. He was in uh, Fayetteville. gave a gave a speech the other day. Every, why is every, why everyone was here? The North Carolina GOP convention was this weekend. That's oh, why okay. Pence and DeSantis and Trump were in Greensboro. It was the state party convention. He says he's looking forward to uh, restoring the name of Fort Bragg to our great military base in Fayetteville, North Carolina. First of all, Fort Bragg is not in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Fort Bragg is its own thing. It's next to Fayetteville, North Carolina, but it is not in Fayetteville, North Carolina. So get that. They changed Fort Bragg to Fort Liberty. Yeah, which, you know, it's not great, honestly. It's a little generic. Last names are better, but you yeah. can't have the bad guys have their last names on the basis. It's sort of cool that they're the only one that uh, is just sort of named after a theme and not a name. So it shows that they're maybe the most important, but 
I kind of wish that it had been a name. Yeah. It should have been a different name. Yeah. Because Fort Liberty, it's like Freedom Tower. It's like, okay, yeah. whatever. Come on. You yeah. know? Yeah. Well, that's what it is now. They should have named it Fort Simone after Nina Simone, born in North Carolina. Yeah. Or Fort Coltrane after John Coltrane, born in North Carolina and served in the armed forces. He played in the band. Or Fort Michael Jordan. <laughs> Although he, he was born such in... an incredible that would be such an incredible yeah. name for a military. Now base. before anyone writes in, I understand I know that Michael Jordan was not born in North Carolina. He was technically he was born in Brooklyn, but he right. is he is a North Carolina. What about James Worthy? Fort Worthy is a very tough name. Oh yeah. That's the perfect name. Holy shit. Yeah, but Fort Worth might sue for Oh right. Fort Worth, Texas. Damn it. Fort Dean Fort Smith. Worthy. Fort Dean Smith. Hmm. What about Fort the Dean Dome? Yeah. Is that a normal name? That is a, no- a normal name. Why don't they just call it Fort Carolina? I What's wrong with know. that? That's good. Yeah. Fort hot as hell. Oh, is it hot there now? You complaining about the weather? Yeah. Fort Bragg is one of the hottest places. Fort humidity. Yeah. Fort it's not so much the heat as it is the humidity. Fort sex. Fort sex? Is that what you said? Yeah. Is That's that good? nice. Yeah. You want to hear something really crazy about that word sex? Did I ever tell you this story? Years ago when I was working at the hospital, <laughs> we had this temp come in to help out with some like data entry. And he was kind of an, he gave off a, I will say he gave off kind of a weird vibe. I mean, whatever. I've been a temp before, and I'm sure there are people who would look back on it and say I gave off a weird vibe, right? Like, that happens, you know? Sometimes you're not at your best when you're temping at a hospital. Right. But anyway, this guy was kind of unusual, and he kind of made all of us a little uncomfortable. Okay. And then at some point, his contract expired, and he was all he did all day was just sit and do data entry. Like, that's a thankless job. I've done that. So Mm -hmm. no wonder he wasn't at his best. But – um. He had he had his own login to this computer terminal where he was doing all this data entry for like patient records or whatever. And then at some point he left and I realized that I had to get into that terminal to like adjust the database or something. But I didn't but he hadn't left um, his login information. So somehow I was able to call the temp agency and get his phone number at home so I could call him and say, hey, we need to access the stuff. So I called this guy. All of said, this Hi, is leading huh? to the origin of the word sex. Well, just wait. Yeah. So I call him and say, hey, it's uh, David from Dr. So-and-so's office. Um, I realize that I need to get into that computer you, you were using, but it's password protected. Can you tell me the password? He said, the password is sex. <laughs> and... <laughs> I was stunned into silence, and eventually I just said, okay, thanks, and hung up, like, and I typed it in, S-E-X. First of all, that's a terrible, that's a three-character password with no numbers or special characters. S-E-X, it unlocked the terminal and I was in. Now, there's a couple things about the story that I need to just think about for a moment, because I haven't thought about this story in it for a long time. Um, (laughs) what, (laughs) if I had been that guy, there's no way in a million years I would admit that I had chosen the password sex for my temp job computer gig. I would have said, I'm so sorry. I can't remember the password. You're going to have to destroy the computer. (laughs) 
for <laughs> the password is a six three four underscore two two nine, and if it doesn't work, then something's gone wrong. Goodbye. Right. The that's got it. He must. He either. He either. He wanted it. What's that? Did he know you were gonna? He was gonna be asked for that password. Maybe. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Like, was it a like a turn on for him? Yeah. To, it was like he um, wanted. He wanted it was to. Like, it was. It's like the same thing that leads men to like expose themselves or to right. or to shock people. Maybe he was hoping that I wouldn't call. Maybe he was hoping that a woman from right, the office would right. call or something, you know, assuming he's straight or whatever. But, like, I never would – If first of all, I wouldn't have chosen that as the password. There, but choosing that as the pa- – he probably only chose that as the password so that some at some point someone would ask him what the password was and he could say that, right? What is the human mind? I mean, good Lord, what is the human mind? Like, what is that, John? The password is sex. And then there was just dead air. He wasn't like, yeah, sorry, it's kind of a goofy password, but it's always on my mind, so I use it as my password. You know, it's just like the password is sex. Is that where Tim Robinson got all his ideas for his crazy comedy from this guy? Like, Yeah. What do you say in a situation like that other than thank you and goodbye? Yeah, that would be a good sketch. I should have said something like, and how, sir, is that appropriate? But I, but I didn't. I was so happy to have the password and to end the call. Yeah, you could see how somebody would use that as like a test case and then they would just like have the nastiest password of all time. And then they get asked it and then they have to give it and they're like, look, it was my password. Right. You know, I I mean, it wasn't meant for other people. And then they get canceled. But that's the thing. I mean, that's the thing that makes it even creepier is sex is not even that dirt, you know, like... How can and how well, could there be a password with only three characters? Sex, how is that possible? Okay, so a lot of times I use passwords that uh, are are easy to type on the keyboard. In sex, looking at the keyboard, it's pretty close. Yeah, but that's but it's not close actually in a way that's easy to type. It's not because they're all it's almost a vertical column. E S X like that's actually not easy to type. Ass would have been easier. A S S. He could have done ass. Yeah, Looking sometimes the they keyboard. do AS22 or, or something. W-E-T, wet would be good because those are all in a row, but sex is actually a little okay, bit Okay, give awkward. us some more words. Okay, he could have done cock fart. That Well, actually, that's mm, kind of hard to okay. type. I don't think that would work. <laughs> he could have done the story of O, but only the nasty parts. That would be a good password because it's really long. That would be a good long password. Or he could have done stud. In honor of uh, Christopher's book that he's trying to sell for seven hundred fifty dollars, stud with the with the dollar sign for the S, because then you would have had a special character. Mm. Instead, he just did S E X. The password is sex. I feel like that would be Donald Trump's password. It feels like a Donald Trump password because it's so dumb. <laughs> sex. <laughs> what did you do with all the classified files? We put them on a server. What's the password? Sex. <laughs> Oh, Mr. President, you've done it again. You violated norms yet again. Uh, All those cardboard boxes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, anyway, sorry for that distraction. Sorry for telling that crazy story. That's all right. Tanya writes in, EPM has inspired me to do some wild wave writing today on Ticketmaster. So there has been a rumor that beloved soccer cutie Leo Messi will be joining the MLS club Inter Miami. Today, the rumors have reached a fever pitch, soccer joke, and the ticket prices for all soccer games against Inter Miami are going crazy. Half an hour ago, the cheapest ticket for a ticket to 
a Chicago Fire versus Inter Miami was $75. Now it is $300. To be clear, the deal isn't even done yet. These are still all based on rumors. Classic predicted situation. At the time of writing, the cheapest ticket for Miami versus New York Red Bulls is $500. Anyway, in the spirit of wave riding, I have purchased three $150 tickets to Charlotte oh my God. FC versus Inter Miami for October 2023. If Messi ends up playing, I am hoping to sell one of the tickets to pay for the other two. But I could also ride the wave and try to sell it in the next hour or so before an official announcement is made, so I won't be out 400 if the rumor isn't true. My friend and I just keep getting pumped up and yelling, this is how the stock market works at each other. (laughs) This is all to say that I will either need a ride to the airport in October, or else I will have two free tickets for John to see his local team not playing against Messi. Well, good news for Tanya. Messi is joining Miami, isn't he? Yes, he did. She's probably so happy. We need an update. What's she going to do with these tickets now? Yeah, I wonder, are, are they? Are the prices still going up? I wonder. So this is a game that's being played in Charlotte. Yeah, and I saw that um, Charlotte FC had, you know, they, they, yeah, they opened up the upper deck for this particular game. So, I mean, these games don't generally have 70,000 people attending them, but I guess... That's now what's going to happen. Wow. It's good for MLS. It's good for Miami. It's good for everybody. It's a win-win. It's not good for the Saudis. I was about to say, the Saudis bought the... What did they buy? The PGA? Yeah. It's dark. This week was a little bit dark. Yeah. Sorry, guys. This wasn't a very sexy episode. I was hoping that we could kind of make it erotic, but it didn't really happen. Blame the news. Election Profit Makers is an independent production. We welcome your support on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. Send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And if you want to advertise with us, email contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.